Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview for Villa's trip to Nottingham Forest on Monday night. This show is sponsored by Betmate. More on them later, but for now, I'd like to welcome even Neil from the Love of Paul McGrath podcast onto our show. Neil should appear on the screen very, very shortly. How are you, mate? Early visit from Santa for you, Castor Villa girl. <laughs> Early visit from Father Christmas. I must say, it is the best. It's, it's some of the best gear I've ever gotten to do with Aston Villa. You know... Uh, it's been a long time since it's been since it's been released or whatever, and I know a lot of people have gotten it, but it fits perfectly. I've been living in this since I got it on Wednesday. Yeah, it's uh, it's they're, they're, it's great stuff, absolutely great stuff. Lovely stuff. I think we do have an affiliate link to get stuff from the Villa store. I think there was a heavy discount on this week because I picked myself up a coat as well as I'm taking part in the big Villa sleep out at Villa Park tonight. I thought I'd better get myself some kind of coat. I also had to buy a sleeping bag, but yeah, I'll come on to that at the end of the show, Neil. News for Nottingham Forest today then. Not sure it's the best news for Aston Villa Football Club. Steve Cooper signed a new contract until 2025. And I almost feel like this relieves some pressure on him a little bit in that they've got the contract, you presume they're going to stand by him for some time now. So almost, one, it lifts the mood of the fans because they really like Steve Cooper. So I think that changes the atmosphere on Monday night. Absolute vintage Villa timing, as it always is with these things. And two, I think it kind of takes the pressure off him a little bit because I think he would have been going to that game thinking, oh, if I lose, I'm potentially getting the sack here. Whereas I would say at this moment in time, getting a new contract till 2025 today probably negates that from happening. Yeah, it's it's the epitome of mixed messaging. 48 hours ago, he was supposed to be out the door. Then they were giving him a stay of execution. Then they were getting rid of his transfer team. And now they give him a new 
deal until 2025. You know, it's literally like this, their owner wakes up on whatever side of the bed and makes the decisions. Now, I know that's not the case. And I must say, I'm delighted for him as a as a guy and as a manager because he's, he's a really good coach. And um, I thought I think it would have been absolutely madness with the investment that the club has made in the actual club on the playing side. They've just been a coach like that that's got so much potential, and it's actually able to coach players and get players doing doing things together. Um, would would have been madness. But I'm I'm not too sure it's going to have a massive bearing on this game against Aston Villa on, on Monday night. I think that the club is still under pressure regardless of, of, of what happens because of their league position and because of the fact they haven't gelled really on the field together. But that's what you get when you sign half the population of Ireland as you're, uh, in, in a transfer window. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's more of a, a distraction more so than anything else um, for, for, for the media more so. But I, I, just don't, I don't know if it doesn't have a massive bearing on what happens on the field because I think the pressure is still going to be there anyway. Do you not think almost they hit their low point on the Monday just gone? Like, realistically, I don't think it gets much lower than losing to your local rivals who are bottom of the league and really, really struggling, getting pumped 4-0. I kind of feel like they've they've hit their low, low ebb, and I go on about this Villa timing. It feels yeah. like now they haven't, the only way is up for them, to me. <laughs> well, I suppose the, the biggest thing is that in that game at, the, at, at, at Leicester, um, or against Leicester, should I say? You know, a lot of the players that he played that day were, um, I think there was only three uh, new signings played that day, and all three of them have played in the Premier League. So you had Kuate, you had um, Jesse Lingard, and you had somebody whose name escapes a me. One year played uh, in front, didn't they? Yes, yeah, but he hadn't he hadn't actually played in the Premier League. I think there was whoever was just playing just behind him uh, to the right of of Jesse Lingard. I can't remember who it was, but uh, what I'm getting at here was when there were so many people that were brought in. You know, we haven't seen the full potential of that team yet, and it's just I suppose one of the worrying things are that yeah, if they start looking at maybe moving out Steve Cook or moving out uh, Scott McKenna and bringing in uh, you know one or two of the centre halves that they signed over the course of the summer, and they start to do a great job against Aston Villa. That's more what I'm worried about. I think more so. Than, um, than a massive bounce of result just based on the contract signing themselves. But, you know, I suppose we've often thought that we couldn't sink any lower when we've had certain results and then we've managed to do it. So maybe it's just the Midlands thing, whether it's West or East Midlands. Maybe it's just the Midlands thing that we can always go lower. I don't know. We'll find out next Monday, I'm sure. Yeah, Midlands football not in the greatest of states at the moment. All, all round, if you look at every team, I think most Midlands teams are absolutely having a big struggle at the moment. So Forest have lost five in a row, including home defeats to Bournemouth and Fulham. They've also been pumped by Leicester 4-0 on Monday, as, as I said. Losing five in a row. We've done this dance before now. We've done it many mm. times. The Watford game last season always brings to mind. You know, when teams need something, they can play Aston Villa, and Aston Villa's the gift that keeps on giving. But... In some ways, the fact that we have managed to solidify, and although I don't like everything that I'm saying, the fact that we can now defend, at least there is that. That's exactly it. That's what we have to hang our hat on at the moment. It's a dangerous strategy to hang your hat on having a having a tick tight defence. But uh, it's look, I suppose it's really something that we can hang our hats on over the last three games. It's not been pretty. Like don't. No, nobody sits here and is saying that Stephen Gerrard is painting a Picasso, or well, he probably is painting a Picasso the way it looks so abstract at the moment on the field. But there's nothing uh, like you're not going to win any awards for a style of play at the minute. But one thing that we have seen since the Man City game, and even just before the Man City game, because we were worried we could ship double figures in that game, I, um, 
the way things were going but we've solidified at the back Tyrone Mings once again myself and yourself have spoken about him countless times uh, on, on this podcast we've always been huge huge fans I, I still thought he was uh, nailed on to be that partner to Diego Carlos uh, when, when Carlos was brought in I never thought Carlos was going to be his his replacement and and we're seeing the true value of Tyrone Mings to come in there now and to, and to anchor that back line um, last day we brought on Bednarek we Kanza, we're going to have Matty Cash back we're not going to have um, you know we're not going to have a, a selection of left backs I don't think at the weekend it'll be one or it'll probably be Ashley Young I think because well, there's, Luke, no, there's uh, no one else Augustus no and, and Luca Dane have been, have been ruled out so if you're a left footed left back you're not fit exactly yeah and I, th- I think that's something that I, I suppose once again I've I've got humble pie all over my face there because I was pretty vocal about the fact of relying on a 37 year old Lash Young to be your your utility man in the two full back positions and by God have I been showing up considering how well he's played so so that defence is working it's working well um, it's been working well though I have to admit it has been working well because we haven't been bombing forward as as far on the, on the wings since uh, since both Cash and Dini's uh, injuries and I hope that that's something that Stephen Gerrard has seen and is, is going to curtail Cash and Dini when he comes back and Ashley Young probably at the weekend from doing that when uh, when we do go out against Nottingham Forest because we look a more coherent defence and I think that really we should have enough and I've always been of the opinion that the three people playing in front of the defence McGinn, Louise, Ramsey McGinn, Kamara, Ramsey whoever you want to play in that in that, in, in that three and obviously I know Kamara is injured but you know whoever you play in that three at any given time should have enough creativity to be able to move the ball forward at least to the likes of Bundia, Coutinho, Bailey, Watkins, Ings whoever whoever we start up in that front three so we shouldn't be relying on full backs to, to double job We've got too much talent in this team, and I think that, uh, and I hope that we will see that at the weekend. Yeah, Matty Cash, of course, back from injury, hopefully playing against his old team, Al Kashika. It is on, on, on Monday night as Matty Cash returns to the city ground. And Ashley Young, I think I need to take a bit of credit for it, actually. For, for some reason, Friday before the Man City game, I went and got my third shirt from the, from the Villa you shop. Did. And in, a, in an absolute panic, I don't know what, what, what I was thinking, I got Ashley Young on the back of my shirt. Since then, he's been, he's been involved in every game. He's played very well. So I always feel like, I don't know why I did that, but I feel like I should take some credit for it now. I remember you telling me that, and actually, I think yeah, I might have happy. laughed. I think I laughed at you. I think I just I think I just yeah. had a laugh of it. Oh, God, something along those lines. But uh, look, Dan, you've done your magic. Maybe you've got... Renaissance, you need, man. Yeah, go in and buy a couple of more shirts with more, yeah. than, more uh, uh, players in the back today and see if it works. Yeah, well... We haven't, got, we haven't got many players fit at the moment, to be fair, Neil. I mean, Stephen Gerrard in his press conference talked about potentially going to three at the back and said something that along the lines of we've worked on it a little bit. But I'm not convinced that that solves anything. It still doesn't solve the fact that we don't have a, a, a proper left back, really. Yes, we've got an array of centre-halves at, at the moment. Chambers is going to be back. We've obviously got Bednarek now. But I'm not sure. And I get that we've got injuries. But then suddenly if Cash or Young were to go out, there's no one to play as a wing-back. So I actually don't think going to three at the back actually really solves anything. And you could argue as well, although I actually rate three at the back as, as a formation, I actually mm. like what, what it gives teams if you play it in the right way. It might make us even more defensive, which I think is a gripe the Villa fans have got at the moment. I was a big fan of moving to three at the back when Smith did it last season. And... Yeah, I think we had the personnel to do it then. And obviously that got the two up front at the time, which, which we wanted to do. If we were to go three at the back now... Do you think that would point to us going back to two up top with probably Coutinho playing after two strikers? 
you see, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of of that happening in it. Now, and if that does see, see, that's the reason that people wanted to bin three at the back in the first place. It wasn't because because it was a formation that couldn't work. It was because Watkins and Ings, no matter what we did, if we tied the two of them together, we couldn't get them working. And that was one of the biggest problems. And once again, I don't, I don't know. Do we go to two at the two at the top if we do that? Because once again, it still brings in even bigger equations with regards to Buendia sees less time on the field. Does it does it mean that Coutinho has to start be- behind the two guys there? I I, I, do, I don't know. Central midfield as well. We obviously we played it the way we played it under Smith. It was a five three two, wasn't it? Yeah. This would be more of a five two one two. I guess yeah. then you, you're taking out. I can't see him taking out Ramsey and McGinn, so I presume that means Louise comes out. But then I also think if you're playing with two central midfielders with a back three, I'm not sure Ramsey and McGinn works there. Mm. So you still you've still got problems, I would say, with integrating people. Even if you go three at the back, I, I think Stephen Jarrell said he prefers four at the back. He, he said that himself. I almost feel like it's a, a bit of a pointless shift, really. Who's who's to say he doesn't play McGinn or Ramsey as a as a wing back? I know it popped up on the screen there, uh, and and I don't know what it was joking or what was the story, but you know, like he's pushed them. They're into not those wing backs, are they? No, no, I'd, they're I'd, not. I'd, I'd be thinking it. I'd be thinking he's lost the plot if he was doing something like that. But but when our fullbacks were going so far forward, they were the guys who were trying to mind the house, albeit they were inexperienced at doing it, and they didn't work in whatsoever. It just didn't work, and it's a very big Liverpool thing. Whereby when Trent Alexander Arnold goes forward, they've had they've had over the last few years they've had like Sir Henderson or even Milner when he started in that central midfield position, being able to fit in there and 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 to to create that buffer zone. With teams Adam kind was of, very good at that. He was, yeah, and teams very have figured good. that out now, and that's that's one of the reasons why Liverpool can't do that to to as, as great fervor. But yeah, it would be very much a last straw kind of a thing of putting putting McGinn over there at. at left wing back or or uh, even maybe playing him as kind of a wide midfielder but um yeah it's it's like three in the back works when we've got full when we've got a full complement of players but at this moment in time I think it would just stretch us and one injury means we have to change formation and then means that we could be rocky uh, in in game um so for me I'm I'm not sure he does play it but I'm very open to playing three at the back and I think we've got some you know we've got uh, specifically when when Diego Carlos comes back I think if uh, Ben Rack was to be made a a full-time fixture within the club you know we would have four very very good center halves there to be able to rotate in the back three and I think it would be really exciting Mm, yeah, I'm not. I don't think we will see it, but it's obviously something he hinted yeah, at in his press conference. So, so we have to talk about it. He also hinted that Leon Bailey m- may not play. I mean, I think he was pretty erratic against Leeds. If we're being perfectly honest, but we spoke loads of times before about about him getting no rhythm. He plays ninety against City, does well, and then probably plays around an hour the next two games. And we've talked about getting that consistency in the in the in the two that play off the striker and. Ollie Watkins is obviously the, the main man. He's the one that plays up front every week. Come under for some stick this week because he did miss chances against Leeds. I think some of the stick's potentially a little bit unfair. I, I know me and you feel a, a little bit differently about some of those chances. I didn't think there was anything that was massive, like a banker, maybe other than the, than the rebound, which obviously he went at it in a strange way. I thought Melier just, just did well. Yes, he possibly could, could have lifted it, but it's, it's easy to say, you know, under the pressure of being on a football pitch, it's easy to say, oh, he should have lifted it, you know things happen. He had, to, he had to take the shots quite quickly by the way that Melier came out, I thought. So he's come in for some stick, but, you know, got to get behind him because he's, he's the number one striker at Villa. He's going to play every week. Ollie Watkins, I don't think Ings can play as a lone striker. So you need some goals, Ollie Watkins, but up until that Leeds game, I don't recall him missing too many chances and I thought, I thought he'd led the line pretty well. I think the, the frustration comes from the point that it's something that we've been speaking about 
since Ollie Watkins came into the club was his his one on ones are erratic. And finishing can be erratic at one-on-ones. And I think it's just a gradual progression that we want to see with all players within this club. You know, it's not too long ago that Ali Watkins was, I won't say he was a fixture within the English, English squad, but he was always being called up to the English squad and, and, and he was getting time off the bench. And, and now he's an afterthought coming up to Qatar. And, and, and for me, that's well, He's got the, no chance of the World Cup, I don't think, a, unless we were suddenly to get obliterated with forward injuries. He's, he's, no, he's not going to the World Cup. Not a hope. And, and that's because of lack of form. And that's the only reason that's there, because he had his foot in the door and he had his foot on, on the plane and, and lack of form has, has led to him no longer being in contention. And, I, and that's the frustrating part for me is because the guy has lots and lots of talent. You know, he's taken to Premier League football like a duck to water in, in, in his first season. Second season didn't really kick on. Okay, albeit there was a managerial change, but he's had a full, a full off season. And there was this big talk about, and, and this is why sometimes I wish that the PR machine wouldn't run uh, as as heavy as it does because there was this big talk about Ali Watkins as a finishing coach. He's a finishing coach. He's been working with a finishing coach all off season and, and he's raring to go and, and everything is working. And then it doesn't work. And I think that's just where the frustration comes from. So I, I think personally, I, I, was re- I was annoyed after the game because I thought that we should have won it. And when you look at why we should have won it was because we created more chances. And then I suppose it just the blame falls on the person who didn't put those chances away. I, I don't like I then went away and I looked at the at the statistics for, for Watkins and Ings over the same period of time since Ings has been, been with the club and are more or less bang on similar. You know, I think they score a goal with every zero point one three shots and and stuff like that. Like so, it's it's they're eerily similar. Um, in in their in the amount of minutes that they've played, or sorry, their goals per minutes and so on like that. So I think it's really really a a system issue. But we can yes maybe point the point the finger at Watkins in the last game because he did get chances. But there are a lot of other games where he doesn't get any chances at all. And I think that. Um, I think Watkins is a very good player, but I would just like to see maybe that small bit more of, of a progression. And that goes for about four other players in the team as well that are still playing at 2020 levels, um, maybe second half of the season, 2020 levels, when we should, when we would have hoped to see them kick on. And I think that's just where some of the frustration comes among the fan base. But as you say, Ollie Watkins for me is our number one striker within the club. Um, I hope he hits double figures again for Aston Villa three years in a row. That would be fantastic for him. It would be good for the club. It would mean he starts scoring goals. Um, but I do think the club does need to look at um, at, at attacking uh, at the attacking positions probably as soon as, as January. And, and they need to get something sorted out because um, I'm not quite sure the system le- lends itself to the players that we have. And uh, I do think, and I did think we needed a striker in the offseason. And I did say Luis Suarez... I would have, you know, held my nose and taken him because he's just an absolutely wicked finisher, still is, um, and he's after the MLS at the moment. But I, I do think we need somebody to complement what we have there already, and maybe someone a small a bit different. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm back on the back Ollie Watkins bus again, and uh, I hope he scores a hatful against uh, against Forest next next Monday. I just think who do you, who who would you go and get? That's the I mean, this isn't the transfer show. But that's it's so difficult to buy a striker that guarantees goals. You know, we're not going to go and get Haaland, Obviously, you know, it's so it's so difficult to buy that striker that that absolutely guarantees goals. Look at Dar- Darwin Nunez at, at Liverpool. Okay, he's missed a few games because of his stupid head, but and you know he's he's not played really a run of game since he's joined. But big name striker, big money striker, come in. Finding it difficult. I spoke this week about how difficult he finds it. If you look at Watkins's goal record over the last two and a bit seasons, certainly English strikers-wise, it's up there. There's not, up many, there not, many, not many players have, have scored more goals. 
the, the, than Ollie Watkins. So it's, it's a difficult one. He does suffer with a lack of confidence sometimes. That would be my one gripe with him. I think he gets too down when he, when he misses chances rather than thinking, let's go again. I think he dwells on things a little bit too much. That's what I can see by his body language. I mean, I'm absolutely no body language expert at all. That's just my own opinion from, from, from what I see. But there's, there's something there with him when we were th- when we were thriving and Dan Smith playing really good football. He was two years ago. He was scoring that hat trick mm. against Liverpool. You know, ran ran riot against Liverpool when when Liverpool Van Dijk was playing. You know, when Van Dijk was on on top of his game as well. You know, there's an effective Premier League player there. There's a Premier League goal scorer there in, in Ollie Watkins. I think he just lacks that little bit of, of self belief. And you know, the club can't do wrong from right really at the moment with, with anything. But they post that video before the Leeds game of all the players banging them in in training, all the finishing. Then of course. We go away to lose, draw nil nil, create the most chances we have done all season, and don't score. Yeah, things like that. That prop that probably doesn't help either because it just gets the fans' backs up because they they're watching the players bang the ball in in training, and then they can't they can't hit a, the side mm. of a Renault a Spass as the goal would say. Might pass it, England manager during the game. You know, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the club can't. You know, they want to put content out, but they can't do yeah. it from right at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and look, I th- I think it's very much a case of um, Coutinho isn't doing enough. Bailey's been hit or miss. When when Bailey gets the ball, he's feet in around the box. He can cut in, cut in the Do you top know, I think that constant changing of the players off Watkins, it probably Correct. doesn't help Watkins either. Doesn't help them, doesn't help Watkins, but we don't have time to work. You know, we don't have time to, to find out what works um, in season. And I think that there's a small, there should, like, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a mystery for the rest of the season as to who's going to be that key that's going to unlock a defense. And and I'm not talking about a defense like a Man City's defense or or a um a Chelsea's defense or a, a, an Arsenal defense. I'm talking about unlocking a Leeds defense, a Forest defense, um, and I know Brighton are up at the top of the league and so on. But like you know Brentford even coming up soon. Who's going to unlock those defenses? And that's the worrying thing, I think, as well, because we have a striker. We have strikers there, specifically Ings, I think. I think Ings needs service. And uh, Watkins is proving that he needs perfect service as well. So if we don't have people that can that can provide him with that service, and, and I know people are probably going to say, maybe Buendia is that guy. And yes, he very well, may, very well may be. But this is the thing. This causes the frustration. Play him, Stephen Gerrard, if he is. Um, because we can't keep uh, we can't keep trying the same thing over and over again, um, and I think that there probably will be well we will need to see a shift and change at uh, at, at that position on uh, on Monday because Leon Bailey is likely to be out. Uh, to be honest with you, I'd be bloody blown away if Buendia and Coutinho didn't start behind uh, behind Watkins because I think it's just about time. Well, we that, three that the back, they well, I don't think well, we play three at the back. Though. Actually, they could they could couldn't they they could. If we play through it, I just, I just don't know. Part of this is just a purely devil's advocate on, on my part with, with Buendia. I'm going to blame my dad because my dad said this to me in one of the games. Maybe, maybe you know, I always think Buendia coming off the bench is a, a useful tactic in in some mm-hmm. ways because he can come on and change a game. And with these five subs now, you know, I, I said on Twitter last week, every 60 minutes, every game, the Villa fans are singing the Emmy Buendia chant, wanting him to come on. And then within five minutes, he's usually on the pitch. It's almost as if he's the the twelfth man coming off the bench to try and change the game and swing the game in the favour. You know that's not, a purely devil's advocate for me, as, as as I say. But is that not a valid point in some ways? It is. Yeah, it is. It is, and and that's maybe what 
Steven Gerrard does. Maybe plays Ramsey higher further forward like he did against Man City. Brings Leo Dendonker into midfield and you have a midfield of McGinn, Luis Dendonker and we go a bit more uh, tighter in midfield and uh, play Ramsey <laughs> let's, for let's the Let's tighten up even more now. That's what, that's, that's what we need. Let's, let's tighten up even more. Did we do oh, we just showing up not. the players, you know? And, I like and... I like I like I like Ramsey on the left, to be honest. I'm all I'm all I'm all for that. I like Ramsey on the left. I think he's very good there. I think lot I actually think long term he may end up there. Maybe. Maybe it's mm. it's gonna be an interesting one because just and it's and it's gonna be interesting just because of the, the players that are out and we don't know and, and obviously the curveball that he threw in about three at the back. I once again I I'd literally be stunned into Unless silence if he was three at the back. I'd Could be stunned be into game. silence if he played three at the back. It, it to me to me, it just it would be so out of character for him to do that at this moment in time. Um, but look, as we say, Monday will tell all. Yeah, just final point then before we get onto the the bet mate bet mate sorry team. So you, if you can have a sponsor, you've got to be able to say the name. Yeah. Before we go onto the bet mate section, I just wanted to say about Philip Coutinho. I can't remember if I said this on 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 Monday show with Omar or not, but I watched Leicester against Forest on on a Monday, and yeah, Leicester have been poor, really really bad all all season. Probably, I mean, to be fair, going forward, actually, they have been okay because Madison's got a lot of goal involvement. You're watching Madison against them and seeing him absolutely run the show, and I just sat there thinking, we've got Philip Coutinho. Philip Coutinho. But I bet I'm sat there on Monday, the next Monday, watching Villa play Forest, and I'm not seeing Philip Coutinho running the show. That's, I don't, that's like, I know it's a simplistic way of looking at things, but it's Philip Coutinho. Why can't, why isn't that going to happen for us on Monday? Why can't he run a game like that? Is it... Purely down to the, the way Villa are playing, is it obviously is a little bit down to him as well? But Madison's a phenomenal footballer. I really, really like James Madison. I, I like the way he talks as well. But Philip Coutinho is a better footballer than James Madison. Why am I not going to see Philip Coutinho in a game on Monday? There's the question. Then, if we were able to answer that question, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be worried about you know. Madison's where we playing bloody out of position as well. He's playing on the right hand side. That is no way his best position, but he's making it work. Exactly, and and Philippe Coutinho is I don't think he's a busted flush by any means. Um, you can still see he's got flat. There's there's massive flashes in there. He's only thirty years of age. There are massive flashes in there, but this is this is going to be it's going to be the defining question of Steven Gerrard's tenure. Um, ever since he brought him in the door, he was just going to be the the, the overarching um focal point I suppose of an awful lot of things that Stephen Gerrard was going to do over the next 12 to 18 months now we've signed him on a full-time uh, on a full-time contract we're how many games nine games into the league so far we've not seen a full or we've not seen anywhere near a complete performance from Coutinho like 900 games it feels yeah so like he, arguably Coutinho's last good game was, was City last day of the season last year and he was very good that day I'd take another performance like that from him but my big problem with, it, with there is that this Aston Villa team seems to rise to challenges, as in it rises to better teams like it did against Man City this year. But we haven't seen them being able to control a game or play a game. And, you know, that underdog mentality gets very, very stale very, very soon, um, specifically in the Premier League and when you have to go to teams and you have to exert your dominance on them. And if we are going to do that, Philippe Coutinho is going to need to bring his special boots because uh, he's, he's like, it, it's, it's good that we have him in the team. But it's only good if we have him on the team if he's doing what you know what he's been advertised to do. If he's not doing what he's been advertised to do, I don't think that we can have somebody that can have that specter of always being in the team there because that's what loses managers their jobs. That's what loses fans' uh, interest, and that's what loses teams' positions in the Premier League. To be honest with you, so it's uh, just like everybody else, he has to bring his A game. He's to up it. So do 
four or five other players within the team. And Stephen Gerrard is the man tasked with finding that out. And hopefully, hopefully Monday helps us to do that. And it's weird talking about that when we're on a three-game unbeaten unbeaten streak. But I think most people would have been quite pleased before those three games with five points. I'd have probably accepted that. And it might be mediocre and small time of me. But the three games we had, because obviously that would have meant that we'd got at least a point against yeah. Manchester City. Yeah. I probably would have taken five points from that game, however they came, they came. And I guess that's what Steven Gerrard will be saying. I've tightened I, it up. Five points isn't a bad return from those three games. Man City at home, hardest game you, you can have at home, really, at, at the moment. You know, Southampton at home, yes, it wasn't pretty, but we won. And then, I guess, because of the circumstances of the Leeds point. But before that game, I think before that run of three fixtures, most Villa fans probably would have taken a point there. And five points from those three games isn't a bad return. But it's now... This one's huge for Villa yeah. because if they don't win it, I think the manager's coming under huge, huge, huge pressure if he's not under pressure already. And I think there's got there'll be serious questions asked of the players as well because they've got to they've got to start doing something. It doesn't all come down to the manager. Do I think everything Stephen Gerrard's done is perfect? Far from it. But the players have to take some responsibility as well. And you've got to yeah. see you've got to see a bit more. We've started to see the grit and the defensive side. And McGinn spoke about some of the some of the way they were at the start of the season. With that regard, wasn't good enough. There's too much attacking talent there for them. They've got to start making stuff happen. Something has to happen. And they shouldn't be sent out there off the cuff like we spoke about on, on Monday. But the players, they've got to start they've got to start putting the ball in the back of the net. They've got to start creating chances. They've got to start look, looking like creative attacking footballers because there's some good players at this football club. And, you know, it's a collective thing. Everyone's got to start taking responsibility. Yep. Absolutely, and and if we can do it with the likes of with the likes of Trezeguet, uh, El Ghazi, Ross Barkley, and that's not demeaning those as players, but I think uh, to to a player, you know, the, the likes of Bailey, Buendia, um, and Coutinho have come in with more fanfare. You know, we need to be able to we find. We just that. always had Jack Grealish at that point with them, though, didn't we? That, that, was, that was the difference. I was tiptoeing around it, and I didn't want to say it. Club is still recovering from from that departure, and so is he. Dark... He's still recovering from the departure. He's, he's, as well. he's there now. I think. I think he's coming. He's coming. I think he's mm. coming from Manchester. He's been very good their last three games, Jack. I think. I think this is the start of him absolutely firing for Manchester City. But anyway, let's talk about the Betmate app then. So there's a pot that you can join pre-game and try and beat myself and Chris Dolan and win yourself some money. But please, please gamble responsibly. It's small stakes on this betting app and it doesn't work in the same way as just simply making a bet. You're basically picking a seven-a-side team and whoever gets the most points finishes top of the league and you'll win yourself some money. So there's a QR code on the screen right now. Join that and you'll be, sorry, take a photo of that, whatever it is you do. I'm not the most technically advanced here. Do that and you'll be able to join our pot. Adam, my producer, is currently limping through the through the getting into the pot stage. I can't even see the screen that well. Come on, Adam. You're a grown man. Look at this. Kate's getting it wrong. I knew this was going to be a disaster. <laughs> Didn't I say no? We're in. There we go. We're in. Right, I'm trying to make my screen bigger and absolutely failing at that. So as much as I'm having a go at Adam, I'm failing at basics myself. There we go. I think I'm there. So Adam is now joining the league, signed in with my login. Don't give your passwords out to people, though, kids. That's something that you should never do. I trust Adam, so I've done it on this occasion. So there's a Nottingham Forest v Villa pot, £3 per entry, and I'm going to pick my screen now. So in goal, please, Adam, I'd have Dean Henderson, because he's bound to have an absolute worlder. So he's gone to the defence first, of course he has. There he is. Dean, Hen Dean Henderson in goal, please, Adam. And then I'm going to have Matty Cash as my first pick in defence, please. Of course, he'll be down the bottom because he didn't play last week. Just for everyone, Dan, can you could mm. you go in here and pick seven Aston Villa players if you no, saw I this? No, I think it's 
I think five is the max you can have from from Monte. And I will go Nico Williams as my second defender, please, Adam. There he is. I'm going to go McGinn in midfield. I remember him scoring in the championship against Forest at the city ground from range. Due a goal, John McGinn. So I'm going to go with him and I will pair him. I just have to be another Villa player. I can't. I don't think Forest have got the most progressive central midfield go in on, the Go world. for Coutinho. Go for Coutinho. Go on then. We'll go for Coutinho. Let, let's <laughs> curse McGinn and Coutinho going into the game on Monday now. Let's do that. Up front, I'll have Ollie Watkins, who I think I've picked every single week so far, and he's returned one goal for me. So, yeah, again, putting the curses on him. And he's never know who's going to play up front for, for Forest at the moment. If you, to be honest, if I was Forest, I'd pick Emmanuel Dennis. He's done some damage against Villa over the last couple of games for Watford. But I'll go with Brennan Johnson because I'm pretty sure out of all... Oh, so he's picked... No, sorry, that's my fault. That is my fault. I'll go for Brennan Johnson because he's the only one I'm pretty certain will definitely start out of the Forest front three. Then on my bench, I guess I have to have Martinez as my sub-goalkeeper. Although, I suppose I could have the Forest backup goalkeeper. Uh, I will have Mings. No, actually, I won't have Mings. I'll have a Forest defender. Give me Loader. He played the other night. Yeah, Lodi plays. Renan Loder. Why did he get four points in the last game? Uh, they shipped four goals. And then Jacob Ramsey. And go on, put, put Dennis on the bench as well. Because he's likely to see some football at some point in that game. And does have a good record against Villa. So there's my team. You can join the pot too. The instructions will be in the YouTube description as well. If you do want to join and take on Dolan and myself and try and beat us, I imagine you won't struggle at all. As you can see, I think I've won £4 this season. Excellent work from myself there. But yeah, low stakes gambling. But as ever, please, please gamble responsibly. Only gamble what you can afford. And it's a bit of fun. You know, don't take it too seriously and don't go mad. Let's finish then, Neil, on predictions. What are you going for for the Monday night football then? Aston Villa at the City Ground playing Nottingham Forest. Aston Villa, two goals. Norwich, or Norwich. <laughs> Nottingham Forest, zero goals. 2 nil Villa. Villa, 2 nil. Yeah. I just don't know what to do now. I just don't know what to do. I'll go, oh no, we're not going to score three, are we? I'll go 2-1 to Villa. But I just, it's one of those ones, again, where everything is pointing to the fact that Forest haven't won for ages. and Everything tells me in my Villa past. That's bad news for Villa. I remember when we as Villa... fans know it. Villa and Forest in the Championship were always, if I'm, am I right in saying, they were always goal fest. We won 3 1 there, definitely the one. Yeah, I remember us losing and getting greenish getting sent or off. something at one stage. It was 5 all at Villa Park. 5 all. Matty Cash played in mid, I think he played in midfield scored, for Forest that day and, uh, and scored. Yeah, I think he scored against us at, at Villa Park. But yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I worry about every game at, at the moment, but. At least we're solid defensively. That's the, that's the only thing I can say at the moment. Surely the goal is going to start to go in at some point. Neil, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks ever so much for joining me. And thanks to those that have joined us on a Friday afternoon live. It's always appreciated. And hopefully a load of people will come and catch up on this show as well as we have got until Monday to wait for Aston Villa to play. Thanks ever so much for watching. Thanks to Adam as well for limping through that BetMate app section. Enjoy your weekend. At least your weekend will be okay. Whatever happens and then on Monday, it could be your Monday ruined, but up the villa. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.